0: Psalm 113 says he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. And that was exactly where I felt like I was at, that I was poor in the dust and needy in the ash heap. I, I had felt like I was in a place of
1: dust and ashes. Hello, good morning. I am so excited to be here today to open up the vault Of Val's podcast, The Practically Speaking Mom. My name is Nina. I am a friend of Val's and a fellow influencer over on YouTube. My channel is Everyday Blessings, and it's all about homeschooling from tots to teens in real life. Today, I'm excited to open up the vault on episodes 51 and 52 first. It's Tori's amazing story. So heartwarming and touching. It's raw and it's real. And while I was sitting there listening to it, I got so emotional. The song touched my girls and they keep asking to hear it over and over, which is just such a joy. Then is going to be parenting tips, including younger children and teens to help us moms because we wonder in the back of our minds, what are we going to do if our children start questioning God, start questioning his grace, start questioning why he's letting things happen. It's so easy to slip into why God, why? I hope that you grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your craft, whatever you're going to do while you sit down and enjoy this podcast from the Practically Speaking Mom. Let's sit down and listen to this together.
2: Mom friend, sometime you may find yourself in a season where your child or teenager or young adult child is gripped with despair or doubt, and you don't know what to do about it. You don't know how to help, or perhaps you're the one in deep despair and hopelessness, finding yourself in the midst of a dark storm. You're wrestling with whether God loves you or cares about you or is truly capable of rescuing you. You know, God knows all the aspects of every heart and every mind and every detail of every one of life's storms. He understands doubt and despair and even anger that's directed toward Him. Through it all, He is quietly carrying you, rescuing you, preparing you for a good future. In Isaiah 43 2, God says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. I hope you're inspired. This is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. And together, my intentional mom friend, we are building our families to be strong. So let's take the next step of growth together together right now. This week and next week, we'll spend most of our time with my oldest daughter, Tori. She's been on our podcast previous times, giving us insight into teenagers and middle schoolers, which the information over the next two weeks absolutely, definitely apply to that age group. Uh, She's a youth director at a church. In this series that we're going to do, however, we're really focusing on hearing her personal story of how God brought her through a time of wilderness and into a life of ministry, where before, during the time of wilderness, She was wrestling with God's love and his power. I remember her telling me once in the midst of her storm, I remember her saying to me, well, more yelling at me with a voice of despair and anger and bitterness. If you've ever been a mom who's heard your child in true despair, it is heart-wrenching as a mom, and you know they need help and you don't know how to help them, but pray. I remember her saying to me in that moment, either God isn't loving or is, he isn't good, because a good God would not be allowing this. Well, I'm so thankful that Tori is willing to share with us her story. Tori, you are a very naturally, especially growing up, a very introspective, quiet soul. And you know how the phrase still waters run deep. Wow. You had so many deep waters running in your soul and your heart that I was unaware of and not tuned into and wasn't pulling out some of that. um, You know what you were thinking about or wrestling with and all these things. And there was a wellspring of amazingness hidden below the surface that I couldn't be more thankful that God eventually brought to the surface. So Tori is going to share with us kind of her journey to a couple of these songs that have ministered to people for a long time now. So you tell us a little bit about that, because that gives us insight into our kids, our middle school and high school kids, hearts and souls, some of the things they might be wrestling with, some of the things they're not willing to talk to their parents about. So these songs, um, I kind of
0: began this process, which was really a spiritual journey for me during my eighth grade and freshman year around uh, 2008 and 2009. And these were the spiritual journey and the songs that came out of that, that my heart was just kind of processing, was born out of a time of sorrow and deep spiritual searching that that sorrow led to. So during my eighth grade and freshman year, I was going through, you know, that really crucial time for teens, middle school and high school, that's crucial years of spiritual formation and spiritual development. I was beginning the process of making my faith my own, and having questions about God and searching and just knowing that it wasn't just what my parents believed anymore. And every middle school and high schooler goes through this,
2: this spiritual journey of making their faith their own. You know, I think parents hear the struggle in their kid. Like maybe their child is saying something the opposite of what they've been taught about God and things. And we, we hear it and we get frightened mm-hmm. and we react to it instead of it being a signal to us that, hey, my child is moving to another stage of growth and development and I need to be aware of that and I need to work with mm-hmm. the flow of it a little bit instead of frighteningly react or mm-hmm. angrily react to Hey, what, what's going on here? They didn't get it or they don't believe like I do or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We need to recognize everybody's journey looks different, but we need to be, uh, allow the journey a little bit and mm-hmm. dial back our emotions as parents and, and walk lovingly with Mm -hmm. our child through Mm -hmm. these times. Mm -hmm. I was not good at that. When you were at that stage, Mm -hmm. I learned from that, how to do it better, you know, a little bit more with Mm -hmm. each child learned Mm -hmm. a little more. Yeah, it's a process.
0: And absolutely, they're on a journey. And that's not necessarily where they're gonna end up. So for me, I was certainly already on my way in the middle of that process with questions and not even realizing that I was in the midst of having to really decide for myself if I was going to believe what I had been taught and read in scripture about God. And so in the midst of this journey, uh, as for for many teens, whether they go through something tragic and really difficult or even traumatic in their teen years or not, they will have moments where they interpret as just sorrow, things that they go through that are really difficult. It might come across that they're being dramatic about it, or it might actually be really difficult because their brains and their hearts and their emotions and hormones are just at a different place. But for my journey, it did include moments of sorrow and difficulty. And in the midst of this, um, there was a loss of a loved one. We had a dear family friend, um, my best friend's mother. And uh, just a very close family friend to our family that passed away from cancer. And that kind of uh, the journey that I was already on of beginning to make my faith my own. This became a defining moment or a formative moment. And teens have formative moments all through their teen years that are kind of milestones on their spiritual journey. And this was one for me this moment of sorrow, of losing uh, a loved one who is close to our family. And that, um, it really shook my world, um, kind of turned my world upside down. Not only my world and environment around me, but my view of God. It turned my view of God upside down. And it led to deep questions about God and his sovereignty and how those feelings of how could God have allowed this terrible thing to happen to such a good person. And so it, it led to a lot of questions about God and it led to a lot of doubts about God as well. Not because I hadn't had parents who had given me that foundation, who had taught me the truth of scripture, but because I was on a spiritual journey in my teen years. And I think even as adults, we experienced doubt because we are human. We have a flesh and this world is hard and this world is broken and we do not always feel or see God in our life. And so I I went through moments of doubt during this time and moments of questioning and even anger towards God because I didn't understand how this could have happened. And in all honesty, I was blaming God in that moment. And what I didn't realize at the time, but I came to realize through this journey was that I had an incomplete view of God. I had had this childhood, immature understanding of God, and it was incomplete. And I, this was kind of a wake-up call to me that the God that I thought I knew and understood, I did not understand because it felt like he had let me down. He had let my family down. He had let my friend's family down. That's how it felt through this situation.
2: I remember you saying at the time, very angrily saying, either God isn't good or God isn't all powerful because a good, all powerful God would not have let this happen. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, that's, that's a reasonable Mm -hmm. wrestling.
0: It's almost like I had to come to that understanding myself though. You know, I I had been absolutely blessed with two strong Christian parents who taught me the Bible, um, who made church and faith as a family and individually a priority. I had been blessed with that, but I still had to get to that point where I could believe it for myself. Not in my head, but in my heart. And that was this moment that I was in of wrestling with these things, even though I could have quoted scripture that would have contradicted that. Well, God isn't either. God isn't good or He isn't powerful. I could have quoted scripture that would have contradicted that very thing and been the truth to the lies that I was wrestling with in that moment. But I had to get to the point where I believed it, and this wrestling and processing and journey was part of that. And it is part of that for every teenager, no matter what they go through. They have to get to the point where they can believe it for themselves. For every teenager, that's going to look different. And God is going to uh, work in their lives differently. And the whole, this is going to work out differently in every teenager's life. And for some of them, they won't have to go through a really difficult thing to be able to come to this point. But for me, this was my story. So um, in the midst of these questions and these doubts and this anger that I was feeling towards God, I began to turn my back on him. Even though I the, all the while... I had the wisdom of loving parents who were right there pointing me back to scripture and who were praying for me. I, in that point where I was at, I began to turn my back on God. And I was just continuing to blame him for this out of fear, out of anger, out of just childhood immaturity. But this uh, act of turning my back on him, consequently led to a downward spiral for me into depression, into isolation, into uh, just continued anger. And this spilled over in so many ways. I mean, anger to towards my family, towards God, of course, towards friends. And and I felt very lonely in this. I, I internalized. I was internalizing all of this pain and confusion that I felt. And I was kind of projecting it. Back onto myself. This pain and anger, I was projecting it back onto myself. And, um, that was so harmful to me for a time. And yet, looking back at that, just seeing how God redeemed that whole situation. But all along, um, like I said, I had wise parents who kept praying over me and pointing me back to scripture and Really challenging me to seek the heart of God for myself. Um, I specifically remember, uh, you and dad did not preach at me. You did not try to shove scripture down my throat. Um, I actually remember that you, you gave me room to wrestle a little bit. And that was such a good thing. And, and yet you were almost quietly and consistently in the background, always pointing me back to scripture search scripture for yourself. Seek the heart of God for yourself. Um, kind of giving me permission to not just take your word for it anymore, but to seek the heart of God for myself. And that's what I needed to do. And I was resistant to that, of course, at first and didn't want anything to do with it. But honestly, the Holy Spirit was, in all honesty, bringing me to a point of despair. And was allowing me just to suffer the consequences of my decision to turn back my back on Christ, on God, and the loneliness that comes with that, and the hopelessness and despair that naturally comes with that. The Holy Spirit was bringing me to that point because I needed to get to that point in order to surrender. And I began to notice um, the testimonies around me uh, whether that was through trusted youth leaders in my youth group and my own parents um, and other trusted Christians in my life, I began to notice their living testimony of the joy and the hope that they had in Christ. I began to realize that I didn't have that, but I wanted it. So I came to this point of admitting that, and admit, admitting in myself that I needed help and I didn't like where I was at. I was just, in all honesty, I think I was just tired of running. You know, like um, uh, kind of in that prodigal son kind of sense, I was tired of running. It's 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 hard work actually to run away from God because you're running away from love and you're running away from joy and you're running away from hope. And you kind of don't realize that until you get away from it, the steep cavern that is inside of you without that. Um, and so I came to this point of surrender. And that was really grace. That, you know, it was a grace that the Holy Spirit allowed me to get to that point of loneliness and despair. I was willing to admit that I was lonely and that I was hopeless. That, that was a grace. That was a gift of grace um, by God. To admit that I couldn't do this anymore on my own and I didn't want to. And I kind of came to the realization that I knew, I knew that I knew the truth in my heart. As much as I had been angry and doubting, I kept, I just kept coming back to this is what I know to be true. And it's, it was kind of like a supernatural peace that God gave me in, in my heart, that it was okay for me to come back to him and to return to that because I would be safe there and I would find hope there. And so I slowly began to turn and to look and to seek God with new eyes and to seek the heart of him with new eyes. And I just decided if this is what I'm going to trust in and if this is what I'm going to know, that I want to know it fully and I want to trust in it fully. And I knew that I needed to seek the heart of God and just take a chance, let go of what I thought I knew about God before. And just seek him with fresh eyes. And I did that by pouring over scripture with the encouragement of uh, you and dad. And um, just settling in um, a couple of psalms that became such a comfort to me. Psalm 117 speaks about the faithfulness of God. Um, and how we can praise him because of his steadfast love that is unchanging. His faithfulness is unchanging. And our praise for Him is born out of the the assurance and those promises, that He is faithful, that His love is steadfast. And when we have the assurance and the gratitude and the trust in that, praise just naturally overflows out of that. And Psalm 113, specifically verse 7 and 8 says, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. And that was exactly where I felt like I was at, I that I was poor in the dust and needy in the ash heap. I, I had felt like I was in a place of dust and ashes. And just that promise that he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap, that because of his steadfast love and because of his faithfulness, and I I just grabbed onto those truths and so many other truths about God um, and his sovereignty and, and the mysteries of that, but also the assurance of that, that he wants us to know that character about him and to trust in that. And he has revealed himself to us. And so one of my songs specifically uh, was born out of this, and it was simply In that act of beginning to turn back to Christ and just realizing how heavy all of this loneliness and the dust and the ashes, like it says in that verse, that verse, just how heavy all of that was weighing on me and taking a chance to open up in an honest prayer to God. And so this song was born out of that moment of just honestly Um, lifting a a raw prayer before God. Looking back at it now, I definitely feel like God was giving me the words. God was giving me the words that my heart was needing to express and kind of vocalize in those moments, even as a prayer that this song is um, God was giving me those words. So we're going to hear that song next. And this song is called Welcome Me.
3: Jesus, I am coming, please be ready. take me and pull me close Cause I can't stand on my own I can't love if I don't let go But I don't know if I can let go of this fear God, I know you're my last resort but all else has fallen short and I can't do this anymore so I'm finally coming God, I'm running to you Jesus I am trying but it's so hard to see so hard to believe Jesus I am crying, please be near me, and catch my tears, cause I can't stay. can let go are new every morning and I can't stand on my own I can't love if I don't let go but I don't know if I can let go If you
2: found today encouraging, the story continues next week with the second song for the second step in Tori's journey to the heart of God. If you want more info on my books, my blog, my resource recommendations, go to practicallyspeakingmom.com. And then, mom friend, join me right here
1: every Monday on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. Intentional Mamas, it has been great to get to know you here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Nina from Everyday Blessings. If you'd like to connect with me, you can go to www.everydayblessings.net or follow my links in the show notes. Once again, thank you for the opportunity to get to know you here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family.